inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, hello. Thank you for being there. There are some days when you talk with some person and this person can just make your day. And that happened to me when I talked for the first time with our today's special guest. We'll talk about her um, experience as a motivational speaker and also a very interesting topic. It's about connectivity. Mm, what is that? Let me introduce you Holland Haas. She is the connectivity expert. She is a dynamic speaker and trainer who speaks on the value of connection to women and entrepreneurs. As the author of Consciously Connecting, Holland believes it is time to reconnect to ourselves and each other while learning to disconnect from technology. Holland has also been named one of the 100 global thought leaders by Hay House and will be a speaker at the Hay House World Summit 2016. Hello, Holland. Hello, Oscar. How are you? I'm very good. Happy to have you here. And please, very welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I've really been looking forward to this. <laughs> it's a pleasure, Holland. Could you tell us a bit, start telling us a bit how you became a speaker and particularly a motivational speaker? Mm, well, I don't. I don't think anything is just a direct route anymore. Uh, I think we all take circuitous routes to get from from point A to point B these days. You know, nothing is a, is a straight line. I, I have a background in psychology and theater. So for many years I was acting. And then from there I went into human resources. And from there I had uh, a consulting business. And then from there I started speaking and holding workshops and seminars and speaking more and then training other CEOs mm -hmm. and entrepreneurs and business owners to also learn how to effectively communicate, how to put a, uh, a really great, powerful speech together, how to work on their stage presence. And the more that I was teaching them, I also was speaking at more events. And so it really, mm -hmm. it went hand in hand to be training people to be better speakers and really own the stage. And then I myself was continuing to, to speak. And then of course, with, with my book, Consciously Connecting, with that release, there were more opportunities to continue to speak and, and motivate and educate and get people really excited about their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as the, the title of your book, Consciously Connecting says you are, you became the connectivity expert. Could you tell us what is a connectivity expert? Mm. Well, as a connectivity expert, I help either an individual or a business to reconnect to the areas of disconnect, either in their life or their business. And, and very often it's their life and their business because mm. those go hand in hand, as we know. And, and then I also coach a lot of speakers and a lot of authors on how to clarify 
what their message is and how to really connect to what it is that they're trying to say and their stage presence, their body language, the nonverbal cues so that they can engage an audience. Mm -hmm. Yes. When I, I of course have a look at your website and being acquainted with what you do. And yeah, one of the things that uh, came to my mind is connectivity is uh, yes, a presence, right? That's something very, very important. And that's something that, um, as you say, people like this um, connectivity, both in business and their personal lives. So for instance, in your case, what do you feel when you are in front of someone who is not well connected, is talking with you, is in front of you, what what do you feel in this case? Do you feel, are, are you asking me, how do I feel as a speaker if someone isn't connected or more personal? More, let's say in one-to-one -one conversation, for instance. In a one-to-one -one conversation, I think that's the easiest way to really connect to someone because we really need to learn to listen. And if you listen versus just hearing, you know, hearing is the ability to perceive sound and listening is active. You have to be present to listen. And when you are really listening to another human being, you are very present to do that and you are able to connect at the deepest level. Mm hmm. And in the case for a, for a public speaker, why connectivity is so important? Well, as a speaker, I, I mean, let's be honest, it never feels good if you're in front of a crowd and they look disconnected or they look really spaced out, mm. right? No, no one wants to stand up and, and, and see that. But at the same time, you've got to be careful not to read something into your audience or a particular audience member that may not really be there. So, so I'll share an example. Mm -hmm. A couple of weeks in, uh, ago, I was giving a keynote address and a gentleman over to my left seemed to be disengaged. He seemed to really be disconnected and he was sitting up front. So I, you know, that there's always a danger when someone is, is sitting up front that if others see or feel a disconnect, then those behind start to disconnect. And then you've, you've got a room little by little, which is disconnecting. And, and that's, that's never great. So I thought I really need to engage him. Mm -hmm. And I was working very hard, you know, I was working very hard. And I moved over to that side of the stage and I worked on eye contact. And I was, I, I was really doing everything that I train other speakers to do. And it didn't seem to be working. I, I, I felt I just couldn't engage him. Well, cut to the chase. After uh, my keynote, this particular gentleman came up and he had been on his phone through most of my speech. Mm -hmm. And he came up, he was one of the first that came up to me and shared enthusiastically how much he loved me. shared. He was taking diligent notes in his phone. Oh. So you see, it's very easy. Yes. Yeah, so it's very easy to misinterpret. And, and so it's a, it's a slippery slope, Oscar, because here I was working so hard to engage this person who was with me a hundred percent. And then as I spoke with him a little more, what I realized, it, because he wasn't, 
he, he really lagged when I had certain exercises and the group had to get up. Mm-hmm. He was very slow to get up. He would, yeah, he was very slow to engage. So again, I thought I'm, I'm really losing this person. Well, as I spoke with him, I realized immediately that he had social anxiety. And so that's why he had been slow to participate. And once again, we often don't know these, the, you know, some of these specifics until we're at the end of that hour. And so as I mentioned, it's a slippery slope to really knowing, are you engaging people or, or, or not? So there are, there are certain telltale signs, but that was a, a, for instance, that I wasn't reading what was happening correctly because he was so engaged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it sounds like a, like a definitely funny story, but can be a difficult if it's, um, it's on your own shoes, the speaker who is trying to engage someone and doesn't have any sign that the person is really engaged. Yes, yes. And of course, what's very different now uh, about a lot of the conferences that I am either speaking at or workshops I'm facilitating is I would say 50 to 70 percent of the people in the room who are taking notes no longer arrive with a notebook or a notepad. Mm. That's very, what should I say? It's very old school. Uh, they, yes. they do a lot of this on their iPads and their phones. And so that, that really changes the dynamic in the room because if, if sounds haven't been turned off, sometimes there's the pinging and the dinging of, you know, a text coming in or an mm-hmm. email coming in. And, and, you know, that's just, that's just part of the 21st century. Well, it is very, it's very different nowadays. That's true. How to be a speaker learning this thing, how to uh, read this, the signs of the audience. Because yeah, often I, I am the, when I am at the audience, I see very often people looking at the tablets, phones or laptops. And well, first things to think is the, to assume is that they are doing something else, but they right. might be actually taking notes, as you say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And what can be some inhibitors of being connected? What are the main reasons we don't we are not connected? Mm, the main reasons that we're not connected. Well, let's see. I think part of the reason if we are not connected as as speakers, uh, again, we've got to be connected one hundred percent to our message. We have to be 100% connected to our material. You've got to believe mm-hmm. in what you're saying. Otherwise, you will appear disconnected to your audience. And, and then your audience will feel this and they'll turn off very quickly. Uh, you know, so, so preparation becomes the key for us if if we're speakers or if we want to speak, if that's the goal. So we've really got to be clear about our message. We've got to be concise about how, how we deliver that. We want to have tangible takeaways, which is what I always say. That's part of uh, a really great speech is that people can leave your audience members can get up and leave and they have something that they can do immediately to change their life, you know, contingent on, on your topic, you know, whatever you're talking about. And so part of that is preparation. 
Preparation is key. It's not enough to say, well, I sort of know my material or I'm kind of hoping for the best. You've Mm got to know your speech inside and out because things will happen in the audience and you can't be thrown by by those surprises that take take place when you're speaking live. So by that, I mean, you arrive somewhere, there's a problem, your PowerPoint doesn't work. Mm. And I have heard other speakers say, I don't know what I'm going to do now because mm. I don't really know what I'm saying unless I have my slides to follow. Mm. So you'd want to make sure you have a, a backup that's printed. You, you know, sometimes the clicker, you know, to change the PowerPoint slides is is missing or the batteries are out. And so you've got to walk over to the podium and you've got to change the slides manually on your computer. And again, for some speakers, this this really throws them because they haven't rehearsed in that way or or someone is crinkling papers or I, I mean, very often cell phones go off. They just look, they mm-hmm. go off in restaurants, theaters, speaking engagements. That's part of you know, again, 21st century, unfortunately, and you've got to know what it is that you're saying and have that thread of connection within yourself so that when some of those outside forces happen, you're not thrown for a loop and you can recover and regroup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent point, actually. You you can just summarize in in preparation, preparation, so nothing can happen that eventually happen can really distract you in a way that you get disconnected and losing confidence and and the talk of speech goes goes bad so yes yeah. yes yeah that's that's really a great piece of advice could you give examples of people you know about uh, that are really good at this they always look connected mm. Oh, sure. So so let's think of Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Canfield, Oprah Winfrey. They don't get thrown by any of those distractions mm-hmm. that we've just talked about. You know, if an audience member suddenly uh, blurts something out or says, hey, wait a minute, what, what about this or what about that? If you look at those three people, they, they are not thrown by that. And the reason they're not thrown by that is they are so connected to the material. And mm. most importantly, they are deeply connected within themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually, yeah, the, those Tony Robbins, Oprah, and yeah, Jan, Jack Canfield, you said, right? So this definitely, I, yes. I, I watch their, at least some of their talks and yeah, it's difficult to imagine. I, I don't remember any any moment when they can be like distracted in this yeah. way. And and they've had they've had. If you watch some of those talks that mm. that that haven't been finely edited, you'll see that you know suddenly some someone's phone goes off, or mm-hmm. or suddenly someone just you know blurts out a question and they may stop, they may answer it. They may say, hold on a minute, let me finish this thought. And then they'll come back and say, you over there, you, you had, you know, lady in the pink, you had a question. And then the person asked the question, they answer the question, maybe another question pursues. And, and then they go back to what they're talking about and they are 100% in the moment, in the zone and completely on track. And that is because they've prepared the material 
they know the material, they believe in the material, mm -hmm. and they have the connection to themselves. Yes, absolutely. Of course, all of them have these small um, problems, but they know how to immediately go in track and continue with the with the talks they have. I would like to discuss now about your your experience as a motivational speaker, and for someone who wants to become motivational speakers, what piece of advice could you give to, to someone? I think the first step is you want to discover what your message is. What is it that you want to share? What do you want to say? Where is your passion? Uh, once you decide what that's going to be, the second step is to look at what makes you different. What makes you stand out from the crowd? Why, why will you be more exciting than someone else? Mm -hmm. Why, why should I give you my time and, and listen to you? So, so in order for that thread to come together, you need to know specifically your sweet spot. So, so for example, uh, I talk uh, myself a lot about effective communication and the art of leadership and uh, body language and a lot of, um, you know, how to empower yourselves. I speak to women about really how to own their power when they're in a male dominated workforce. So, so all of this is, is very similar, if you will. It has, has the thread. I don't go out and talk about technology hmm. and how to get, how to get more tweets, how to get more <laughs> Facebook likes. I don't talk about that. That's not my wheelhouse. The first person who would ask me a question on stage, I would look like a deer in headlights because that's not my sweet spot. So I don't, I don't have the depth and understanding of technology in the way that someone who really is involved with mm -hmm. technology and writes code and, and, and works on websites. And I mean, they really get technology at a completely different level. That's not who I am. So I don't try to go out and sell myself and market myself in that way. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate with me. It's not my true connection. My true connection is really working to get others to connect the dots in areas where they are disconnected, whether it's your goals, your boundaries, your playtime, your communication, how you present yourself, what are you saying when you're not speaking a single word? That's my wheelhouse, my sweet spot. So I have worked to hone that mm -hmm. and share it in my voice and my voice and my experiences are completely different than, than someone else's than Jack Canfield's or Tony Robbins or Oprah. So within my, my voice and my truth, I then deliver the message of consciously connecting. So you, Oscar, will have to find out what is unique about you. Where's your passion? Where's your knowledge? And what do you have to share in a different way that's going to engage me as an audience member? Mm-hmm. True, and of course, you have to talk something about what you are really very enthusiastic, passionate about that. And uh, Holland, and we are also been talking a little bit about technology in our days. So that's something that is very 
common nowadays is to have, for instance, video conferences, a whole webinar. In these cases, do you think it's, it's more difficult to be connected per se? What's your opinion? That's a really good question, Oscar. Uh, with, with webinars and video conference calls, it, it is more of a challenge mm -hmm. to connect to your audience. I think if, if the call is live, one way to keep people active is by using their names. You know, very often mm -hmm. we see, uh, I'll see that Oscar S is, is, you know, on the, on the conference call and, and, and Susan K, so to speak. So it becomes very easy if we want to keep people involved, we use their names, we ask for participation, open-ended questions. And again, that depends on the size of the group. But when you use someone's name, even if it's a large group, It does wake people up a little bit if they're starting to drift away because you don't know if you're going to be called on. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit like school. It's like, oh, I got to pay attention. They might call on yeah. me. So that that keeps people engaged a, a little bit more. And look, when when it's a when it's a webinar that's pre-taped, that's more challenging. And and when that's going out and it's it's not live. You'll know if you send out, uh, very often there are the surveys, which really share a lot of information and can let you know when it was that you became, um, or your audience started to disconnect from you. If you, if you sift through the answers to those questions, you'll know very quickly where there was a disconnect. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, using the name is definitely, definitely a very, very good tactic, no? <laughs> And it's a challenge, as you say. So. <laughs> yes, very much. Holland, could you now share with us your favorite quotation? Mm. Well, I will, I'll share that my favorite quote changes. Yeah. I think it, it really depends on where I am in my life, what I'm working on, what I need. So, so that changes quite often. Right now, the quote that I love and I'm using is actually uh, one from my book, Consciously Connecting. And the quote is, the only cost to greatness is your commitment. The only cost to greatness is your commitment. Yes. So in other words, if you make the commitment and you want greatness, however you've defined that, and you make the commitment, you will have exactly what you want. You will get the results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the quote. <laughs> Thank you. Now, could you recommend us one book that has been particularly inspiring or influential for you? And it's a good recommendation for us. Oh, my gosh. I, suddenly a flood of books are going through my brain. I've probably got oh. about 40 titles rattling around. Let's see. Uh, oh, it's so hard to pick one. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, so, so one book I would mention is Jack Canfield's The Success Principles which is a fantastic book and really gives you the tangible tips how to move your life forward. And if you are looking for success, and once again, defining success, how to 
how you want to define success, not how, not how your mother, your sister, your partner, your kindergarten teacher, you know, not, not how any of those have defined success for you, but how you define mm-hmm. success. You really strip it down. It's a great book. And then I have to, gosh, I, I have to say, Oscar, the next book, of course, I would have to say consciously connecting <laughs> is a, is a great book. It's, you know, so many people have written me that it has motivated them and inspired them to take the next steps in their lives because what they realized is they were so disconnected from so many of the principles in consciously connecting, and it has given them tangible, actionable steps and tips on how to reconnect to these areas in their lives. Absolutely. Thank you for, for sharing. <laughs> Yes. Now, finally, I will ask you a last piece of advice, an exercise, something practical that you recommend doing it daily or weekly as a routine to shine. Well, I know since we're since we're focusing this for speakers, since that's kind of the the focus today, and that's a a lot of your a lot of your audience is either uh, they're either speaking now or their their goal their desire the dream is to professionally speak you want to make sure that you're working on your diction you want to practice enunciating your words there's nothing worse than a speaker who who can't be understood mm. because they're they're either slurring their words And, you know, because their diction is so poor or they sound as if they have a, a bunch of food in their mouth and they're just they're not clear. And, right. We, we've all heard those speakers and we turn to the person on the left and say, what did she say or what did he say? And the person's like, I don't know. And then we turn to the person on our right and we're like, did you catch that? And they're like, not really. And only half the audience laughed. It's because we don't understand what you're saying. So it's really important to speak as clear as you can. And so you want to practice enunciation and diction. And what do you recommend to practice this? Like uh, reading, reading, reading something reading special? Out. Well, once you have your speech crafted, or if you're not to that point yet of, of, of publicly speaking or having a speech, read out loud mm. from your favorite book. Which is probably going to be consciously connecting. I'm just I'm just thinking, <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> And read read out loud. Read partner and and ask them if if they're able to understand what it is that you're you're saying. And to begin with, overemphasize your words to begin with, and then you pull it back. Mm. Then your words don't sound like mush. So when you overemphasize to begin with, that's a, a great way to really practice that diction and enunciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely an excellent piece of advice because also with this era of using so much uh, sending text in, instead of um, really calling people. So we are often talking less and less in a, like an, like a day-to-day interactions. So yeah, we're getting often used to to talk in a way that we don't understand each other. So I said no. a piece of advice. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll share a, a, a quick little story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other day I had a phone call with a, a business colleague and it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. 
And I reached out and she sounded as though she was just waking up. (laughs) And I said to her, are you just getting out of bed at two in the afternoon? She said, no. And she stopped and she said, oh my gosh, you're the first person I'm speaking to today. I've been sending nothing but texts and and answering emails. And so Again, her, her voice was very, when she was just like, um, you know, what's going on? What are we going to talk about? <laughs> I, you know, how do we move the project forward? And I kept saying, what are you saying? I can't understand what we're even talking about. And so, again, what is happening is our mouths and our tongues are getting very lazy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, again, they're not moving. And that's part of diction and enunciation is that your tongue and your mouth has to really move to shape the the sounds and the letters of, of specific words. And if we're not speaking, it is like we've just gotten out of bed and <laughs> right, even if it's two in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we want to make sure that we warm up before yeah. we have an important phone call or speech enunciating and making the room in our mouths for the words that we're going to speak. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for a very funny, but very <laughs> illustrative story. Thank you very much. Hold on, but it's really a very interesting interview with you. Thanks a lot for all your energy in the piece of advice. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Could you tell us finally how can we learn more about you, follow you? What are the best ways for that? Oh, gosh, I would love for you all to say hello and follow along. You can go to my website and say hello, sign up for blog and newsletter. My name again is hollandhaas.com. So that's H-O-L-L-A-N-D-H-A-I-I-S, like Sam, so that's double L's, double I's dot com. And I have the same name on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Again, everything is Holland Haas. I, I try to be consistent and mm-hmm. simple. Excellent. Again, thank you very much, Holland. It's been a pleasure and I wish you all the best. Oh, and the best to you. Thank you so much. And thank you to your, your listeners. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 